Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the 11th day of July 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the eventual 2016 world champion, San Francisco Giants. Uh, I, I know I, I shouldn't be pulling back the curtain too much, but I will let you know that I'm going to be posting the in memoriam video that I do every year. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is I'm probably not going to be able to post it before the All-Star game just because of stuff going on in real life, Sully. Uh, but we will have it up this week, and I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, there's going to be some heartstrings pulled, a little sadness had. And we'll try to get it done uh, before we come back from the All-Star break. So just want to put that out there right now. Hey, um, it's the midway point of the season. I know not mathematically. We've already passed the midway point of the season mathematically. But we, we're at the All-Star break, and this is the time of the year where we look at where teams are. We look at where the real contenders are. We look at who's, who's this, that, or the other thing. And the, the fact of the matter is that now is a time to sort of try to take stock of a couple of things as we take a break and move forward. There is an element of philosophy that has to come about when we look at who could potentially win the MVP of the leagues because, well, first and foremost, the best player in baseball is Mike Trout. I, I think it's hard to argue against that. I think that... And this isn't. This is coming for your pal Sully, not coming from the point of view of someone who is a huge proponent of all sorts of sabermetrics. I think that, as I said, I've come to grips with sabermetrics. I'm not someone who pours over them like crazy. I'm just someone who I look at his career. I seem to come to the same conclusion. If you like power, if you like on base, if you like average, if you like slugging, if you like speed, if you like defense. There is nothing the man can't do. And even if you can find individual stats here and there that he is not the leader in, he is across the board amongst the leaders in just about every goddamn category. So keeping that in mind, he is the best player in baseball, which I think is enough to make him the most valuable player. Maybe at one point in my life I would have been like, well, how valuable can Michael Trout be if the Angels are 16 and a half games out of first? Well, because he's the best player in baseball. And why would we penalize him because the Angels front office has put a crap team around him? He's the best player in baseball. Let me rephrase, let me say that again in case you haven't heard it. He's the best player in baseball. And I think that he should be, he is the player that you would want, if you had a draft and you could pick first, he would be the one. Now, he is also putting up the numbers that are better than anyone, all around. That should be enough. The last few weeks he's been dynamite as well. He's put up tremendous stats all together. He probably won't win it. He probably won't win it because we still... Put we you know the, the vagueness of the term valuable, which I like the fact that it's vague. 
I do like that it's vague. But the fact that it is vague allows people to add in the team record and everything like that as a factor. Whether or not that's fair, fair's got nothing to do with it. I say that the, the, a team, a last place team, a team that is a non-contender at the All-Star game, a team that should be selling off some of its assets, has the most valuable player in the American League. With Cron down, and you know, let's face it, Pujols is... You know, he still has some pop, but he's a, pretty much a one-dimensional player now. You take a look at the rest of this team that they have. I mean, uh, they should have traded Weaver a little while ago. They should probably trade Santiago. They should probably just go on a bender trading away players because, you know, they're, if they're going to stink, you might as well bring up a bunch of young players to put around Trout. I don't think they should trade Trout because there's no way you could ever get val- the, the correct value for him. He's the most valuable player in baseball. Now, if I can't give it to Trout, if you're saying, Sully, you have to give it to a team with a winning record, uh, and Donaldson comes in, Altuve comes in. It'd be interesting if Donaldson becomes a two-time MVP before Trout does. Boy, that would make the A's, you know, dealing away Donaldson look even worse. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they're, if – Barreto and Graveman can both turn into nice players for the A's, then you could say, okay, they got at least something for Donaldson. But if he wins back-to-back MVPs, that's going to be a tough stink to get off of that trade. That's a pretty, that's a pretty steep hill to climb to say who's going to win that trade. Uh, Donaldson's obviously having a great year, and the Blue Jays are back right back in it. Um, and then you can take a look at uh, Altuve is, you know, Altuve is another player who is just – He's having a wonderful year. I mean, there are players. I mean, Robinson Cano's having a great year. Uh, Xander Bogarts is having a great year. Manny Machado's having a great year. Um, Francisco Lindor is having a great year. You know, you, if we're going to have the narrative of, of a, a season be a big factor in it, you know, then you may have to take a look at someone like uh, Donaldson. You may have to look at someone like Lindor. Altuve is interesting because he's probably going to lead the league in hits again. He, you know, he doesn't walk as much as you would like. He's kind of Ichiro-like in that way. But he's going to clear a thousand hits at one point this year. Does that seem weird? He doesn't seem like he's been in the league that long. This is his sixth year. I, I had to. I did a double take when I saw it. This is his sixth year, but he's going to reach a thousand hits. I think easily. And if that's the case, we're looking at a guy who will probably be the next 3,000-hit guy and be able to look at his whole career at one point and say, oh, he got this many hits and this many stolen bases. It'd be nice if he walked more. He'd be, he'd want that in the leadoff batter. But, you know, he has a high OPS, lots of doubles, lots of extra base hits, and the Astros are starting to turn it around. If Jose Altuve wins the MVP, you know, again, I I would be much more incredulous about Trout not winning an MVP if, he's, if he had never won one. This is, again, a little bit of what I call Coen Brothers syndrome, in that there have been some films I think the Coen Brothers should have won an Academy Award for, but the fact that they have won four Academy Awards makes me say, okay, I can, I can let that slide. You know, when someone's won an Oscar already and you think they were ripped, oh, they should have won that. Well, yeah, but yes, Denzel Washington should have won for Malcolm X, but he's won too. So, you know, that's, that's, I can get over it a little bit more 
if you know that. And yeah, I think Mike Trout should have won the MVP in 2013. I think Mike Trout should have won the 20 the MVP in 2015. I think he should be trying to win his fourth straight MVP. But the fact that he's at least won an MVP goes makes me say, okay, that's a, at least he's at least he's won one. <laughs> at least he's won one. Of course, that's the one year they go to the playoffs. So the narrative part of that, I think, is a bit bananas. Uh, right now, the AL Cy Young Award winner, if we're up to your pal Sully, and it's not, would be Chris Sale. And, I mean, I think it's, it's at this point, it's kind of sort of close. Uh, I think Salazar and Sale are both damn good pitchers, having great years. Um, you know, there are other pitchers who are also having terrific years, too. Uh, I think that Fulmer's having a good year for Detroit. Uh, I think Quintana's having a great year for the White Sox. I personally would give it to Chris Sale. Uh, Danny Salazar is right behind him. And in terms of the Rookie of the Year, um, who am I going to give the Rookie of the Year to? Actually, uh, let me scroll down here. Uh, I guess I'll have to give it to Fulmer. Uh, you know, Fulmer, Fulmer is a rookie, having a terrific all-around season for the Tigers. Uh, I'd give it to him right now and, and show that they didn't completely didn't lose out on the uh, trade for um, uh, um, Cespedes. Um, I think in in the nat- and now the National League is interesting because there is not a runaway. To me, Trout is a candidate that you go like, come on, guys, what's going on here? It's Trout, right? I mean, we're going to give it to Altuve, fine, but it's Trout, right? We're going to give it to Michael Trout, right? There isn't that candidate in the National League right now. You can make the case for Clayton Kershaw to win another MVP, which I'm sure would make some people's heads explode. And I actually think he is the MVP because when you look at what the Dodgers are like with him and without him, I think that that will, you know, that makes a compelling argument. Where I think it will fade away for Kershaw in terms of the National League MVP is the fact that, A, he's won an MVP award and people don't like giving it to Pitchers more than once, probably. And also the Dodgers have played winning baseball since he got hurt. I'm not saying these are good reasons. I'm saying that they're reasons. Um, who I give it to? I Right now, I'd give it to Chris Bryant. Why not? He's got the numbers. He's got the numbers if you like traditional stats. He's got the numbers if you like sabermetrics. He's got the goods. You know, I think Arenado is also a great case. Not quite, you know, Arenado would be my other pick to win the National League MVP. But Sully, he plays for the Rockies, and the Rockies are bad, and the course numbers, shut up. I, I really think Arenado's having a great, great season. You know, Matt Carpenter's having a fine season as well, as is um, um, Lamb with uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're not going to give it to a guy in the Diamondbacks. They're not going to give it to a guy in the Rockies, even if they deserve it. Right now, I think it's between Kershaw and Bryant. And I think the injury to Kershaw, if he misses any extended part of time, is not only going to jeopardize his run at the MVP, which I think he very well deserves, it may jeopardize his run at a Cy Young Award. So, you know, at this point, you know, that's an interest. This injury to Kershaw is going to have a big impact in things, in, in individual races and in team races. Which brings me to the Cy Young in the National League. Because right now, as of this recording, if we're just going by stats and we're just going by impact of the game, it's going to be 
uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Absolutely, it's going to be Clayton Kershaw because he has the numbers, he has the impact, and everything else. But if he misses a significant part of the season, I'm not talking about one or two weeks. If he misses a month, and in that month a team catches up with the Dodgers, or in that month the Dodgers play well without him, if they miss like a significant chunk, that'll probably cost them the Cy Young Award. And then you ask yourself, well, then who deserves it? And I'll tell you who deserves it. Someone playing for the goddamn Giants. If it's not going to be Kershaw, then it will be either Bumgarner or Johnny Cueto. And they, the fact that Bumgarner and Cueto are having the types of seasons that they're having are the reason why I think the Giants are going to go all the damn way. Bumgarner's having a tremendous season. He got off to a rough start. First three starts he had were rough. Since then, unbelievable. And Johnny Cueto, who I said over and over again that if healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. He's healthy this year, pitching like one of the best pitchers in the game. In terms of not just his, not just the stats, not just the you know, the win loss total, not just the 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 whip, just not just the complete games, but the fact that he comes in, shuts down the opponent, gives the bullpen, which for the Giants the bullpen has been an issue, gives him a night off, four times has given him a complete night off. You have the two pitchers who are there. Now, do they cancel each other out? I really hope not. Now, look, at as of right now, if I had a vote, boom, I'm voting Kershaw. But we got to include the rest of July, August, and September in this vote. And if Kershaw's not there to pitch, then Bumgarner, who's never won a Cy Young Award, and Cueto, who's never won a Cy Young Award, could look at this as their opportunity to swipe one from Kershaw, who's won every Cy Young Award for the last bunch of years, save for last year with Arietta and a few years ago with R.A. Dickey. And I, I personally think Kershaw deserved it the year Dickey won, but I'm not, again, Cohen Brothers, I'm not going to lament, I'm not going to cry the fact that R.A. Dickey has a Cy Young Award on his mantle to say, oh, Kershaw deserves four. Just knock it off. You know, Bumgarner has, has the League Championship Series MVP, World Series MVP, World Series rings, no Cy Young Award. This is his chance to do it. Although, whether it's going to be Bumgarner or Cueto, I, I kind of do a coin toss a little bit on that right now. But, you know, I mean, I, I, right now, I guess I would, I don't know which one I'd give it to. I, I suppose Bumgarner, but man, oh man, uh, don't, don't belittle Cueto and what he did. So I think that that's, uh, um, that's one of those races which, is not, which can't be determined right now. Uh, the National League Rookie of the Year. Um, I really, you know, I really like uh, Junior Guerra, who pitches for the Milwaukee Brewers. I think he's had a nice season. It's one of those seasons that if you're not paying attention to the Brewers, I mean, why the hell would you? You might miss him. Um, I also think Corey Seager, who everyone picked to win the Rookie of the Year, has been very good. So you have those two that I think are um, real quality picks. Um, and then, there's, of course, there's, there's Diaz from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Uh, how the hell do you pronounce his name? In fact, I'm going to go to baseballreference.com, the single worst website in the history of the planet Earth. They must have a pronunciation for him. Oh, my computer's crashing. That does not bode well. Uh, okay, we're going to go to uh, Diaz Alidmus. Alidmus. Alidmus Diaz. And yet, yet another example of this is his first year in the bigs. Cardinals just reach down. They have they have roles that need to be filled. So we need a set, we need a shortstop. Boom! Throw this guy in. Makes the All Star team. Has power. Has pop. Has an OPS in the in the nine hundreds. Um, you know, I'm going to give it to Diaz. That's my pick. You know, Seager and Guerra. I like both. I like all three of them. And again, this is a, one of those races that is going to be determined down the stretch. You know, the National League MVP, the National League Cy Young Award, and the National League Rookie of the Year, you ha don't have a clear heads and shoulders front runner. So, I mean, let's review there. We got, I think, if, if your pal Sully had a vote, Mike Trout would win the MVP in the AL. Chris Bryant would win the MVP in the NL. Uh, Michael Fulmer would win the Rookie of the Year in the AL. Uh, I'll give it to Diaz of the Cardinals of the NL. Cy Young Award, Chris Sale. And Clay, right now, Clayton Kershaw. You know, it may eventually be Bumgarner, but right now, right as I'm recording this, it's Clayton Kershaw. Now, you're looking at the rest of baseball right now. The manager of the year. The, normally, the, the, the narrative for manager of the year is who is managing the team that nobody expected to contend. Well, if you look at the National League, everyone expected all the teams that are contending to contend. If you want to get that, oh, who's the surprise contender? Are you really going to give it to Don Manningly? Seriously. Uh, if the Cubs were continuing on their massive run, it would be Joe Madden. The Nationals are, have not imploded, and I'm sure someone would love to give it to Dusty Baker. Who's your pal Sully going to give it to? I'll tell you exactly who I'm going to give it to. And I can't believe he's only won it once. Cohen Brothers, Sully, Cohen Brothers. I don't care about the Cohen Brothers right now. Bruce Bochy is the National League Manager of the Year. Look at the injuries the Giants have had. Look at the bullpen the Giants have had. For with a lesser manager, the Giants would be floating around the, the outskirts of contention. They're the best team in baseball. And their bullpen sucks. And the half of their, their infield either has concussions or injured or slumping. They've lost pants for a big chunk of the year. And they're the best team in baseball. I think you relieved the game. Whoever you are, it wouldn't surprise me. They've had so many relievers. I think you've come in to pitch an inning or two. And Bochi has been the glue. He's only won the manager of the year once. And never in San Francisco. He won it when he was with the Padres. So uh, this is Boach's year to win that as of this point. In the American League right now, it's, I think it's got to be Terry Francona. I think, you know, I think some people thought, and I thought the Indians were going to be a playoff team, but the Indians are playing in a real dominant fashion and kicking people's butts around. I know the Yankees won more than people thought they were, but, you know, I mean, the way that they've come across and have done it with, you know, some PED suspensions on the team and some holes on the club. 
And I think Jeff Bannister also has had a you know has done a good job as manager as well. Who deserves to be fired? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally think Mike Sosh is kind of stale with the Angels. I think that they've got to make some big changes, and maybe things are stale there. I mean, he'd be someone I'd consider letting go. I think the fact that the White Sox are playing winning baseball now probably saved Robin Ventura's job. I don't know what's keeping Price employed in the Reds. I don't know what's keeping um, Hale employed in Arizona. And whatever the guy's name is in Atlanta, I can't remember his name. What the hell is his name? It's Snicker, Snicker, Snooker. with Sneaker. Sneaker in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, if they get someone who they think is a long-term manager, then they got to bring him aboard. Uh, but, you know, if someone is let go in the second half of the season, it'll probably be Arizona, Cincinnati, or uh, I, I, think they, I think they have to make a change with the Angels, but they won't do it. So there you go. Those are some of my midseason thoughts. We're going to take a little break. We take uh, dust ourselves off. I'll get the in memoriam video up as soon as I possibly can, and let me know if you agree with who I thought. Uh, go to MLBReports.com to so the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. It's been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 11th day of July, 2016. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>